Intentionally Disruptive is brought to you by Micro Formulas. Creating solutions that work is what we do. Restoring hope and health is who we are. Visit Micro Formulas online at microformulas.com. A podcast about life. Everything it can throw at you. And how to handle it. Real people talking about life's real issues. This is Intentionally Disruptive with Shauna McNeil. We got this. Was that too loud? Okay. I mean, you're, all, you're always too loud. All right. Are you nervous? No. Swear I'm, to God, you're not nervous. I'm okay. not nervous. You're okay. the one who's nervous. You know, some people, they show their nervousness or anxiety by like breathing in a bag, maybe a little vomiting sesh or lashing out at loved ones. I've done that before, but I poop out my feelings. You know, I pooped 27 and a half times and that's just in the past like 24 hours. Are you sure on your first podcast episode you want to talk about you pooping within literally the first 60 seconds? <laughs> but that's just the truth yeah, okay. because I'm sure my nervousness is going to come out. I mean, we now have a podcast. Yeah. It's exciting. We haven't done a project in how long? This is your thing. But it's your thing, too. It's a project we're doing together. First, people don't even know who I am. What do you mean they don't know who you are? You haven't introduced me. I did. Oh, I didn't. No, you didn't. Adam Smasher? Jesus. <laughs> Adam Smasher? As I'm my, as, as my uh, devout <laughs> Christian mother would say in South Louisiana, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Adam Smasher, the executive producer, uh, sometimes my co-host. I'm the host, Shonda McNeil. This is Intentionally Disruptive. Now, this is going to be a series-based podcast. This month, the series, it's January, so the series will be called Me 2.0, Can I Get a Rewrite? And it's all about starting over. And we're going to talk today about... Starting over, finding a new career. This episode is resume relapse. So what, we were in radio for 20 years. You were, because you're older than me. It was 20 years for me. 26. 26 for you. Um, we both got into it at the same age, 15. And here we are, both of us, we're starting over in our careers. I've been off the air, what, a little over a year now after our show broke up, what, in 2017? Yeah. We got fired <laughs> for like, what, the third time? No, twice. I got fired five times. You, uh, I got you, fired twice, three times, three times. Because I got fired. Oh, yeah, you. I got fired in my last gig that uh, you weren't a part of. They say that in radio, you haven't really paid your dues until you've been fired at least once. And when Shonda and I got together, this is probably like what fifteen years ago. Yeah, uh, in two thousand eight. You said that oh, I've never been fired. I'm like, oh, stick with Great. me. You'll be fired. Well, because at that time you'd been fired how many times? Yeah, uh, like three. Yeah. Oh, that was a red flag. Why'd I take that job? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And then we took another job and then got fired like three months in. So basically, <laughs> we're having three a career. In. We're doing a career change because we're tired of getting fired. So what did you feel? So like I had to leave because um, we our last stop, we, did, uh, we hosted morning radio in Dallas. After that, they did a format flip. Hey, see you later. You guys are done. By the way, what what I find really funny about that is that when you know great ratings when too. Shonda's talking about format, this was uh, an alternative rock station. That was like a heritage station, and we did a we did a morning show, and they were one of the first alternative radio stations in the country to sign on in 1991. They were an alternative rock format for 27 years. <laughs> 27. Yeah. Shonda and I got there. Three months they later. flipped three months later. Yeah. So. And we were done. God damn. You got 
to be a stupid motherfucking fight on your day off. It's only a matter of time before this thing blows up. Oh, well, you know what? You should have never oh, please, invited me. Please don't say that. But here's the thing. The radio industry is tough. I mean, it just is. And, yeah. and it didn't used to be that way. I think when I got into it, it was, I mean, it was fun. You you didn't have to get job security. And then suddenly yeah. it just went downhill. And then it's basically you're just grasping for straws, trying to find a job anywhere. But the problem with you and I you have radio on your resume. That's the only thing you have. 26 years radio yeah. experience. I have 20 years radio experience. Who in the hell's going to hire us outside I'm, of radio? I'm, and that's the struggle. That's what we're going through. But yeah, you're right. And I'm still having that problem with, you know, skills-wise, I have a, a, a number of skills, but as far as a job, the radio is the only thing I've ever had. I applied for a job at Walmart, I think. When we got fired in Dallas, yeah. I applied for a job at Walmart, and they wouldn't hire me. They said I was overqualified. I tried to be a barista <laughs> at Starbucks. Couldn't get it. Exactly, and it's like, what are we going to do? And I don't know what you did after Dallas, but I know I dove into, um, you know, I, I did all those career quizzes. because I, I, I knew that I was done with radio. I was mad at radio. Yeah. I devoted my entire life to this industry and my career and did everything. We've been over backward. We worked so hard. And to be fired for no reason or just because they decided to flip a format, here we are. And I was angry. I was super angry. I was depressed. I read all the, you know, the different career articles, took the career quizzes. Like I was determined, went back to school for my, to get my PhD in psychology. I'm still a, a, a well, I took a leave of absence because I'm just, I'm just holding off on that school loan right now. Um, but I was just so angry. Up my therapy sessions, gained 87 pounds. Legit, I've gained 87 pounds that's how bad my depression got you immediately thought about you know your career as far as what am i going to do next yeah i just got depressed and just started drinking <laughs> i picked up a whiskey habit which i found out is not good for you <laughs> every your instagram your instagram it was just basically you holding a glass of bourbon it's either a glass of bourbon or my dog that's the only thing i post <laughs> on instagram and uh, that's been my life for like two years. The sad part is you're even following other accounts. Like, what was it? Sally and Todd? Yeah, dogs. <laughs> the only reason I am on Instagram is to watch funny and cute dog videos. That's it. And Sally and Todd are a pair of pit bulls, and they are adorable, and their names are Sally and Todd. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I didn't drink. I didn't go to drinking, but I, I tried other things, you know, like therapy and stuff like that. Heroin? But, what? <laughs> I didn't try. No. But I... Um, but I did. I had to be put on antidepressants at that yeah. time, and uh, they had to up my Adderall at that time. <laughs> like I was just a disaster. I was depressed, and I was blaming radio for that. I was angry. Um, I did read one of these, and this was where it like hit me hard. And this is kind of where I kind of turned things around. Uh, I think it was a Huffington Post. I actually had the article right here, but it was three tips uh, on starting a new career. It says midlife, but we're not midlife. We talked about this the other day. Yeah, we're midlife. But I'm 38. I okay, mean, 40 is midlife. But I'm not there yet. You're not going to live to be so, 100. In fact, again, <laughs> I'm surprised you've lived this long. You are a disaster. My health. A medical disaster. My health is a little, yeah. My health, I'm a disaster. Shonda could cure a lot of things when she donates her body to science. It's like an anomaly. I, like, I don't even know what it is. But, but I'm about to tell you why I'm a health disaster. So I was reading this article. Now, the tips were generic. But the first question was, know your strengths. First off, it was sad that I couldn't think of my strengths at that time. Because again, I'm mad, I'm angry, depressed. I didn't know my strengths. I honestly, I'm like, I, I don't even know who I am anymore. I have no idea who I am. I was trying to be you know, the perfect radio host. I was trying to do all these things, try to be perfect at home. 
I, I was just a disaster. So I, I honestly couldn't sit down and write down what my strengths are. So when I really think about it, after talking to my therapist, what I realized is that all of my strengths stem from trauma. All of them do. Your whole life has been a giant trauma. trauma. I mean, I had, my childhood was not a fun one. And so what I realized after talking to my therapist is that I am a, I am the true definition of high functioning anxiety. For example, like you see, people will see me as like detail oriented. I'm I'm known for basically being hyper organized and always prepared for stuff. You're over prepared. But what I'm experiencing is overthinking and that's like a prison. I mean, it really is. Being in my body, I bet somebody would step into my body and be like, hell no, get me out of here. I am done. Now, again, you may see or others may see like me being active, but it's really my inability to slow down. I exhausted you yesterday. You came in to here to the studio with me and you were like, I need to like go home and like eat because we didn't eat yesterday. No, no. I was I was physically exhausted. <laughs> and as I am sitting uh, in your uh, recliner talking to your husband, Dave, I looked at him and I said, man. I forgot how exhausting it is to be around Shonda all day. Yeah, because I, I'm constantly, I'm just go, go, go. So people see active, but I am honestly, I have, I, I can't slow down. I have to keep going. People say, oh, well, PTSD, that's from like people going to war and stuff like that. Absolutely. But again, I was diagnosed with PTSD. My gosh, what was it? We were in Houston at the time doing a morning show. And um, my therapist, you know, diagnosed me then and was like, You've never dealt with any of those things clear back to your childhood trauma. So another thing, like people see, um, you know, that I'm hardworking, but really that's a fear of failure. And that's what you experienced yesterday, Adam. I had you in meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting. We were, you know, talking about things, getting ready for the podcast launch and just all these things were happening. But that is really what it is. It's my fear of failure. I don't want to fail. And then, of course, you know, I'm outgoing. Uh, I'm an extrovert. I get excited when I'm around people. That, that pumps me up. And really, that's just me finding the, the dark, lonely soul that, <laughs> that I am. Hello, you, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> that was my song. But all these things. So think about that. All these things that, you know, when I'm thinking about my strengths stem from my trauma, which then in return, as I get older, I get more unhealthy. And that is all my chronic, I mean, I have stage four endometriosis, had to have a hysterectomy at 31, Mm -hmm. okay? Then um, shortly after my hysterectomy, get diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And I had a um, a test done from a doctor to kind of uh, figure out what my body's age is. So I'm 38. A thousand. Guess how old when they they did all their diagnostics. I don't know, 80. 87. 87. 87. Jesus. 87. And I laugh all that now, but I was depressed at the oh, time. I'm like, sad. oh man, it is sad. Cause it's like, that's what my body, but this is what all those things, the high functioning anxiety, that's what all of this is doing to me. So yeah. really at the end of all this, what I learned about the career change process is I'm where I'm at today because of me. I made the decision to take on a career that really never loves you back. And I think a lot of careers are like that. But for me personally, and for us, radio is like one of those things, it just never loves you back. You love it so much and you want to do so much for it, but it just never loves you back. But I chose to stay. I chose to stay in the toxic relationship that was my radio career. I didn't do anything to change it. I decided that I'll stick around and it'll change. And it never did. It was just getting worse. I have to forgive myself for allowing that to happen. Hence, I gained 87 pounds. 
I have to forgive myself for hanging on to that. I'm a pretty strong-willed person. I'm a, I'm a type A personality. So typically, my personality type, they don't stick around. They don't, they don't tolerate those types of things. And I held on to the fact that I allowed it to happen. I have to forgive myself and walk away. I've also learned that I need to surround myself with people who accept me for me and who believe in me. And that's where I'm so fortunate because I got into public relations. I work for a phenomenal company. And my first two months, I was so insecure. And I like I would never come across that way. Or most people never think that. But I was insecure, just needed constant validation. Like, am I doing okay? Because again, 20 years in radio, and I'm taking on a director of public relations job? What? But they believed in me. They believed in me. And that was like the most important thing. And they they encourage me and they love me exactly for who I am. Whereas radio, you know, I'm like, pop another antidepressant, pop another Adderall to get through the show or to get through an appearance after spending, you know, 18 hour doing 18 hour days. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. Well, it's a it's a it's an industry. Unfortunately, most places you're disposable uh, you at are. the end of the day. And it does not matter how good you are or how even how successful you are. Uh, talented, been there forever, don't care. They'll throw you out in a heartbeat. And when they throw you out, they have security, uh, security guard escort you out. And they're like, we'll ship your uh, your things to you. Like, you're a criminal. That was our last job in Dallas. You're a criminal. Yeah. And it's, it, it makes it, you feel worse. It makes you feel worse. And uh, I'm still dealing with that and feeling worthless as far as, you know, I see it's really, you know, it's really hard whenever you're going through something like this and my career is it's not going any further in radio and seeing all of these other your radio friends having huge success yeah. and it depresses me i start to cry and i and i know this guy and we're on the same level yeah. and here he is with huge success and here i am unemployed and depressed with a glass of whiskey and my dog, you know, it's, it's, it's terrible so and it makes you feel worthless. It makes you feel worthless. And you know what, what I realized is, you know, for the first like 20 years in radio and it slowly started to happen, you know, towards the end of my radio career where I was questioning myself and like, am I doing a good job and things like that. But at the beginning of my career, I never questioned anything. I was mm -mm. so confident. Oh, but yeah. guess what I realized going uh -huh. through therapy? That was all ego. And my ego was slowly broken over time, over getting fired. You see what I'm saying? So what I realized is that the, my ego was protecting all of those things, all of those feelings, all of that. It was all still there, but it was being protected from my ego. As I get older, my ego is broken a lot easier, especially what we went through the last five years of our career. I mean, it was traumatic. I mean, we have both had, you know, personal issues with our, with our, you know, our spouses, you know, our kids um, being young. I mean, we were trying our best, but in the end, dude, the therapy sessions I have been, oh my gosh, I, I like, that's a, that's a last uh, tip I'd have to give anyone doing uh, a career change, invest in a really good therapist because they have helped me so much understand myself and who I am because we can judge others all day long. I could tell you what you're doing wrong, you know, but when it's you, you don't want to you don't want to dive into that because it's too scary. It sucks. Yeah. But I realize going through all the all my therapy that the first 20 years of my career, 15 years of my career, it was all ego and then it started to get busted. And once that ego's busted, you're just raw, you're vulnerable, you're out there for everyone to see. And that includes insecurities. Well, that, those insecurities have been there the whole time. Yeah, I still have uh, a healthy ego as far as, you know, I'll, I'll turn on the radio and I'll listen to something. I'll be like, I'm better than that. I haven't, <laughs> and I haven't yeah. been on the air in three <laughs> years. I guess here's, here's where I 
where I ended up. I know that I'm good at what I do or what I did. I know I am. But unfortunately, in a, like in a lot of industries, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It's really all about situation you're in and who you know. Uh, that's one of the things I have written down for uh, for this episode was uh, networking and how important it is. And I'm terrible at it. Yeah. I am awful. And it's all about... And I think probably you can say this in almost every industry, no matter where you are, it's about who you know. Yes, it absolutely is. And so building, and it's, again, it's something as simple as just building relationships. Yeah. And you know, I'm terrible at that. Yeah, well, you're not terrible at it. It's just not something that you... It's not one of my strengths. It's not one of, it's not one of your strengths. It's definitely, definitely not. But you're a good person. You you know people. You just have to take the initiative. And that's something that you... Because you've never had to do that. You've never really had to seek out the networking thing because they've all come to you. The jobs have come to you. Okay, so here's here's the three things I have written down. Okay. Okay, as far as how do I do this career change? Uh, first of all, resume is so foreign to me because in radio, it, just like I guess in, in television or anything, you have like what they call a reel and you have a reel of your work. Well, in radio, it's the same way. It's just audio. So you have you send a demo, and then then you talk. A lot of places don't even want resumes and cover letters and all that stuff. We don't even go through like a, a legit interview no. process. No, not at all. <laughs> so now my problem is that I'm in the real world, not the radio world. I have skills, but how do I put that down on paper? I don't know. Uh, terrible at it. Um, I get discouraged by rejection, yep. and you're going to have a ton of those. I can't tell you how many emails I got. Hey, we're sorry, we're moving forward, but you weren't one of the candidates. Good luck in the future. Those generic emails. After a bunch of those, I get discouraged. And uh, three, I got. I'm terrible at networking. But you, you took the initiative, and this is what where I'm really proud of you because, again, I. Went back to school, but then um, I took a leave of absence. I got this director's, uh, director of public relations job that I absolutely love, and I'm learning so much, and I love the company I work for. But you, you're still in the early phase of the career change because you went back to school for graphic design, and that's huge. That takes that takes some bravery there to go back to school after, what, how old are you? I forget, 43? 44. 44. I, I dropped out of LSU in 1996. I did well in school, but um, I'd never really, I'm, I've never been a real conventional person. So going and listening to a lecture and taking notes and taking a test, it's re- it's always been very difficult for me. And at school, it just, it. What are your uh, grades? It, you never share with me your grades. Oh, I have great grades. Uh, but these, uh, this is a program where it's less of that and more of, um, more of, uh, activities and projects that you work on in class. So you're hands you like on. Yeah. And, and you love that. Yeah. I love that. Uh, so that's been, you know, that's been really cool for me. And uh, it's something that I decided that I was going to do like a two year program, but I think I'm going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to probably maybe stay for four and just, cause I lied to myself for oh, years, we lie to ourselves for years and said, "Oh, college degree doesn't." I get so mad at you Ma- for that. It, no, it does. It, it does. totally does. Um, Education is so important. I mean, you we'd go, we'd do school. We'd go to schools. Uh, you all need college. Yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh my god, we're never going to be asked to come back to this school ever again. No, we are, look at me. <laughs> you don't need school to be uh, in radio and what we did, but. 
it would have been nice to yeah. have it and have a backup plan. Absolutely. Because here I am at 44 years old. I have to do a career change. I went through a divorce, depressed and just a mess, and I had nothing to fall back on. The only thing I had to fall back on were close friends like you. I remember calling you one day, and I was walking the dog, yeah. and I started crying I on the know. phone. Uh, and my family, God bless my my mom and my dad, who have uh, helped a me out. Help. Uh, huge help. But yeah, it, it sucks. Here you are, midlife, and you're like, oh my God, what the hell am I going to do? Yeah. No, it sucks. You just have to do it. You have to do it. And I it's going to be hard. It's still hard every day, but you have to do it. That's why I, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I was going back to it, my strengths being kind of my weakness too, because like, it makes me, I'm exhausted all the time. Um, but that's what, that, that's the key to it. You just have to keep going. You can't, you cannot give up. But what do we know? We're not professionals. Let's hear from one. Hold up. Here's one thing you need to know. This is Sarah Bybee Fisk, life coach with Microbe Formulas. And here's one thing you need to know. When you're looking at your resume, it's a bunch of words on a page or a LinkedIn profile, if that's how you're doing it, and you get to decide whatever story you want to tell about what is there or what is not there. Some people look at their resume or their profile and they think things like, I should have done this, I should have the skill set. And it only brings on feelings of guilt and maybe shame, disappointment, lack of confidence. And other people look at the same profile, same resume, and think things like, I am totally qualified for an amazing job that is out there for me. I can deliver. They would be lucky to have me. And that brings on some different feelings, confidence, even excitement. And those are the feelings that you take with you into the interview. So just be very careful about the story that you're telling yourself, the thoughts you're having about your resume or profile, because that is how you show up when you interview and you totally get to choose the story you want to tell. It's got you thinking, doesn't it? You're like, give me more. This is Intentionally Disruptive with Shonda McNeil. We're starting over in our careers. Adam, you are back in school. Are you going to go for four years? Or are you going to like, because you can do this. You can do graphic design from anywhere. Yeah. You can work remote. Well, I'm trying to get you on with our company. I'm still trying <laughs> to, uh, you said something earlier that struck a chord and I wrote it down when you said like, I'm like, who am I? Because uh, you've had this career that's defined you yes. your entire life. And there's this, there's this scene and I always laugh because it makes me think of the movie Zoolander. And he is outside and he looks into a puddle to see his reflection and he just goes, who am I? <laughs> and I, I feel that, yes. man. I feel that. Well, who am I, mean, I? I don't know. Look, I mean, look, like, I went by, like, Shonda McNeil is my God-given name. You, I mean, you think about it, even like your name change, like Adam Smasher clearly is not your real name, but like that's been your identity for 26 years. I went through a thing on Facebook where I like, okay, should I change, I change it to my real name, <laughs> then I change it back to this and that. And I'm like, it's an identity crisis. It, it really is. And you, you, even though Shonda McNeil is my God given name, I still had to be one part of me on the radio. Yeah. You know, you, you had to be yeah. that. We, I mean, we went through some stuff. I mean, there were mornings doing a radio show. I, I would be doing TV interviews and I'd look nice from the waist up but i'd have sweatpants on and a diaper i mean i was okay like, <laughs> minus the diaper all tv people do that okay 
<laughs> I mean, come on. I, was, I had to hide how I was truly feeling for the sake of the show. Nobody wants to hear somebody squeaking around in a diaper <laughs> on the radio. Come on. Shonda had a, um, she had a, a big surgery. And was, it was, it, was it the hysterectomy that time? Or no, was it like the it, surgery before the hysterectomy? Yeah, before the, the baby maker got taken out. I was on my way back and you were home. Obviously you took, and even when she was at her worst, like she would only take like a week, maybe a few days off and she'd be back. I'm like, holy crap. I didn't want to leave you hanging. And we actually lived right next door to each other. Shared offense. For a time. And I was on my way home and I said, hey, I'm coming home. Do you need anything? She's like, yeah, I really want a chicken sandwich from McDonald's. She goes, just drop it off at the door because I'm in a diaper and I'm not going to answer the door. So I literally had to drop the bag at the door, <laughs> ring the doorbell and leave. Because <laughs> she was in I a like diaper. It. My husband Dave got me peach. Got me peach diapers to kind of make them sexy. I'm like, you can't make a diaper sexy. Oh, no. And they could they could call them Depends underwear all they want. They're yeah, a diaper. It's a diaper. It's a diaper, and they're peach. Uh-huh. Like peach is about as sexy as you're gonna get with a diaper. Intentionally disruptive with Shonda McNeil. So I'm gonna get you prepared for the real world. All right, let me find my questions. All right, so your first question: Tell me about a time when you received feedback that stung or hurt your feelings. Oh, man. I See, and this sucks because I am not You're good. You're in your head all the time. I'm not good at being put on a spot like this with, with serious stuff. <laughs> Get we, ready, man. If we goof off, I can go all day. So leading up to my director of public relations job, I backed down to like three interviews because I was like, there's no way. I'm not ready. I have never done a legit interview in my life as far as a, a professional right. interview. Mm-hmm. All right. Tell me about a time when you felt demoralized at work. What was that like? I'm the kind of person it takes a lot to push over the edge. A lot. I'm very patient. You are. Um, but one thing I do not like <laughs> is, and this is with my, uh, I, this has happened with my ex-wife. It's happened with uh, a few other people. When you talk to me like I'm a child, I immediately, my chest puffs up and I'm like, I'm a grown man. <laughs> and I remember our, we had a, program director who was going through some personal stuff too he and, was. and you know what he apologized later years, on years later he called me and and he apologized to me he said look i was going through some stuff and that was really big of him and i really really enjoyed that i am glad he he reached out to me but he said something to me in front of a table full of people and he said something to me and talked down to me and i can't remember what it was i can't remember either i just remember your reaction to it because it was so professionally done yet put him in his place but it was I, awesome i stood up and i said you <laughs> I'm a grown man and you're not going to talk to me like that I'm not going to take that and I just got my shit and I walked out Dude, you realize you just didn't get the job. <laughs> these are interview questions. See, I'm these too your, honest. I'm these, too honest. These are your responses. You can't say that. God. Just from from personal experience going through it recently, you can't say stuff like I'm that. too honest. <laughs> But that was a good moment. I stuck up for it myself. Was, it was a great moment. I, stuck, I was there. I stuck up for myself. What? I stood <laughs> you up stood for up myself. For yourself. And I remember you walking out of the room and all of our jaws just dropped. You know. But I, maybe we should soften that story up, soften that response up. Okay, I'll soften it up. Because right. these are questions that come up often. All right, can you recall a particular time when you had a strong win at work? You got, you got to have plenty of those. Here's the thing. <laughs> you hate bragging I'm, on yourself. Uh, yeah. You hate it. As, I do as, too. As far as... 
it's really weird because I think I do have an ego when it comes to that, but at the same time, I don't like talking about myself or bragging about myself. I'm very uncomfortable with receiving praise. Very you uncomfortable. Are. What I tell you yesterday, because we were working on this podcast and just you know going over some things, and Adam produced these awesome little. I don't know, like little snippets. And I'm like, man, that's so good. He goes, oh my God, please don't give me praise. It's so uncomfortable. (laughs) I obviously need more therapy. But look at that. You do. And look, we could look at this podcast as healing together. (laughs) Again, I don't want to heal. I like being broken because it makes me more interesting. Or not. Keep keep telling yourself that. See, I would have already stood up and walked out of this interview. Exactly. I'm telling you, I backed out at least two or three. I'm like, like the day of, I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't come. I was so scared. And finally, finally, after just wallowing in my own misery, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to actually go out to the real world and I'm going to accept that radio's done for me. Radio is over. I'm moving on. I got to do this. And it was like the best decision. It was so freeing. I will always love radio. It will always be a huge part of my life, but it's not who I am. You know what I mean? It's not all I am. So what you're saying is that you probably should, and I know you're overprepared for everything. So what I got out of this is, okay, I need to go online and research some interview questions. And Oh, I'm telling you. And I'm, I'm being put on the spot, and I can't answer. <laughs> and that's how they all are. That's oh. how they all are. I had to do, for my job, I had to go through like a month two months worth of interview process. I mean, it was a long process because obviously you want to hire the right people. And again, I work for the greatest company and I'm glad they did that because I know they just don't hire a bunch of yahoos off the street. They actually hire people, good people. And that was the thing. I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, these questions coming at me, they were deep questions. And I'm like, oh, good Lord. So you have to be prepared for that. I could send you all these links Oh my god! if you want me to. Yeah. You got to get ready. I want to also make sure that you are on the right career path. So of course, I brought up one of these, uh, what career should you actually have? Okay, so what would you spend your tax refund on? Big screen TV, the Apple store, shopping spree, exotic vacation, give it to charity, or invest it? I would try to save it. So I guess invest it would be the closest, yeah. right? What would you bring on a desert island? Journal, smartphone, food, water, grill, book of crossword puzzles, or a buddy so you don't get bored? A buddy. A buddy? Yeah. Then we could go like hunt and kill stuff for food. All right, because that's something you do. Oh, yeah. Right, got it. All the time. I picked smartphone. You picked smartphone over food and water? Yeah, because I can call somebody to bring me food. You're on an island. Like, how are people just going to get there? You know someone with a I, helicopter? But I have Venmo. I could just Venmo them money to fly out to drop right. off food. Your, <laughs> your line of thinking is ridiculous. Go ahead. <laughs> that, was, that was my thought process when I took this last night. Who is your dream dinner guest? Steve Jobs, Beyonce, the Dalai Lama, Stephen Hawking. That would be awkward. <laughs> that's who I would pick. <laughs> of course you would. Kanye West. Uh, and that's it. Who would you pick? Stephen Hawking. Really? Of yeah. course. No. That would be the most awkward. I mean, he's, he's dead. Didn't he die? Yeah. I, I love awkwardness, though. What best describes you? Bold, observant, creative, adventurous, critical thinker, loyal, passionate, or determined? Uh, adventurous. <laughs> so I just, yeah. Maybe in your head. Yeah, I know. I just want to see you look on your face. Uh, creative. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay. Next one. What city should you actually live in? Barcelona, L.A., Paris, London, New York, or Tokyo? Uh, I just told you the other day, uh, when my kids graduate high school... You said Europe. uh, I want to move to Europe. I don't know where, but so I I would just say London. London? I I really want to live abroad. Mine would be New York. Or Paris. I love New York. Yeah, it's good, but I want to experience a different culture. Okay, what do you look for in a workplace? A good challenge, focused mission, organized, 
job security, excitement, or flexibility. Job security. <laughs> that, that was mine, too. <laughs> we are so scarred. Yeah. We are so scarred. Yeah. Okay, pick a genre. Um, documentary, foreign, comedy, indie, drama, sci-fi, action, or horror. Uh, I've been into the documentaries Me lately. too. But only the murder documentaries. Oh, that's that's a depressive state. By the way, I learned that uh, that is not a statement you should say like one on a first or second date with a woman because it <laughs> creeps them out. It does because that shows that you're in a complete depressive state. Dave knows when I'm watching the Oxygen Channel snapped mm-hmm. and I'm watching the Ted Bundy tapes on the ID channel or whatever, Netflix. He's like, oh no, oh no, it's coming. He doesn't even it's go coming. in the room. He just like opens the door, cracks it and throws it back. <laughs> Bag of M&M's in there. And know. I have my, what's the doTERRA, like essential oils with oh my, my lavender sprays all around Oh my God. Okay. He's like, oh God, get me out of here. So documentary, that's the one I picked too. I think that was the last one, right? Oh, pick a social network. Snapchat, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Pinterest, oh, Facebook, Tumblr. I'm getting to the point where I hate social networks. I think the older you get, the more like, oh, blah. The Facebook, uh, the Twitter. I- Instagram. Instagram, that yeah. was mine too. Yeah. Snapchat. I don't get it. I don't get it either. I had to delete it because I have a special folder for men who wanted me to rate their yep. Penis. <laughs> yep. Penis, penis <laughs> is not a bad word. Okay? It's not a bad word, but it's embarrassing because I have a special folder for it's that. It's not like I said. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Okay. Oh my God, we're going to lose our sponsor. Uh, we haven't even talked about. Uh, we are going to lose our sponsor first episode. Boundaries here. I'm not good with boundaries. I know you're not, and it's All right. scary. All right, so you got the um, the results. You got professor. You could totally do that. You could totally okay. do that. Here's the thing. You know how people say you can do anything, and it doesn't it doesn't matter how old you are. You can go back. Do you know how long it would take me to get a degree to be qualified to teach something? It's never too late. It's never too late. Listen to the description. You are a thinker in constant search of knowledge and answers to life's most elusive questions. You love to analyze everything. Oh my God, you were in your head yeah. all the time. This okay. would be perfect. I don't have the time. By the but time you have I the experience. Why by could, the time I got my degree, oh my I would be God. dead. No, but you but like sometimes you can just get one of those um they give people like PhD, what are they called? Like they'll just give somebody a degree just because of their experience. What's it called? Like, Dr. Phil? He's not a doctor, by the way, but he has the title doctor. Bill Cosby had a Dr. Cosby. Oh, that's a bad example. I know. That's a bad example. But they give, they give out No, those... it's a great example. They'll give a, a rapist a degree. <laughs> what I'm saying is there's an opportunity here. You have 26 years of radio experience. All right. Tell me where to go. Media. Where do I go? You need to take the initiative. No. That's, that's what we're doing here. You need to take the initiative. That's been a big, huge problem of, of mine with this career change. <laughs> I know. It's like people are like, you can do this. You can do that. And my first question is, okay, how? I don't know. I've only done Keep one moving. thing. Keep moving. Keep going. Research a new, a new career. I mean, I know you have the graphic design, but research, like if you want to be a professor, it's not completely out of the, it's not out of the question, right? I think I'm too old. Oh my gosh. Excuses. Excuses. You're afraid to get your ego busted. Whoa, hold up. Did you hear? Yeehaw. On the next Intentionally Disruptive with Shauna McNeil. Coming up in the Me 2.0, can I get a rewrite series? It's starting over after divorce. Adam, you're going to be part of this one too. After 14 years of marriage and going through a divorce, I can tell you that I don't think I'll ever get married again. I don't believe it. What if you remarry the same person? Does that really count? I was talking to you about that this morning, and it's a possibility. Mm. I kind of feel it coming. (laughs) No? Stop it. 
What? You don't think? I think it's a total possibility. But we are going to talk to someone, also another guest who is getting remarried. Yeah, our friend Jessie's going to join the show. She was married young, divorced young, and now she's getting married again. She's 24. Ooh, that's a little taste of what's to come next week on Intentionally Disruptive. This podcast is all about everyday people sharing their story, their triumphs, because, I mean, we're all broken. Every single one of us are broken and a constant work in progress. And this is all about people helping people. And you've helped me today. Intentionally Disruptive is presented by Microbe Formulas. Creating solutions at work is what we do. Restoring hope and health is who we are. Visit us at microbeformulas.com.